Hello and welcome back to the Whole Nine Sports Podcast for the 4th of July. Happy America Day. Um, happy birthday, Miss America. As always, I am your host, Dylan Sanders, on Twitter, at Dilly Sanders. As always, I have Brandon with me, at WNS underscore Brandon. And then uh, we have a guest today joining us to talk about Big Ten football. Uh, it would be WNS's very own Mike Spencer. What's up, guys? Mike Hernishan. Yes, if you follow me on Twitter, that is actually how you say that last name. I was it's, wondering how you say it. Uh, most people do. Uh, but yeah, uh, Big Ten analyst here for Whole Nine Sports, your favorite draft writer's favorite draft writer, the Bernie Sanders of Whole Nine Sports. Um, looking forward to this, guys. He's also Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Why, are you, why are you claiming the Bernie Sanders title? <laughs> You're not even from this fucking country, My last bro. name is Sanders. Grumpy old man syndrome. Yeah, but you're Dilly Sanders, not Bernie. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm related to him, I think. This is yeah. like the worst way to start the 4th of July. <laughs> Listening to me, Dylan, and a Canadian talk about the Big Ten. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> but, I mean, hopefully if it's Actually, that's the worst way to start. Yeah, buddy. 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> should, we, should we talk Big Ten football or... Uh... No, Brendan, you said you had something to say. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I tweeted out yesterday that we had some announcements coming today, but instead I'm pushing them back to the 4th of July uh, instead of today, July 3rd, because I want to say to you guys first, and then I could tweet it out tomorrow, um, Whole Nine Sports is getting a second podcast, actually. What? Um, yeah, we have a podcast coming out <laughs> because we are expanding into gambling also oh my um, god so dylan you might know where i'm going with this so <laughs> whole nine sports is going to cover officially going to cover college football pro football fantasy football and gambling um and we have a podcast coming out titled the sure thing with hanny bello oh yes uh, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, no, he's actually, I actually, uh, I was talking to him the other day, and I was like, do you listen to the podcast? Because we mentioned you twice, he's like, I didn't even know you guys had one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes, I love yeah, the honesty. That was his reaction, and then I was just like, uh, oh, okay, well, if you actually want to start that gambling podcast, like, let's get it done. And uh, we very quickly got it done. We have a graphic that's, uh, it's being made now. Uh, he might have a co-host, he might not, but he is going to be covering gambling for baseball, basketball, football, maybe some tennis in there? We'll see where it goes. It could you get crazy. You on tennis? He apparently does it all the time. I had no uh, idea. Oh, Henny is addicted to gambling. I imagine he, he, he'll find a way to gamble on literally anything. Yeah, and he, he's pretty good at it. He is really good at gambling. He is really good at gambling. Um, and if you don't follow him already, it's at Dave just tweeted on Twitter. Um, I actually don't. Yeah, I'm doing that right now because well, yeah, I'm so excited for this. I can't wait. I know All he's right. pumped for it. I'm excited for this. So I can't <laughs> wait. I've been trying to get into gambling for so long, and like I've had people that are already in gambling and on gambling podcasts like hit me up to write for the website. And every single one of them has said, like, yeah, I'm trying to broaden my horizons to not just be gambling. 
was like, oh, it's fucking great. The one thing I'm looking for, and everybody's just like, you yeah, know, I don't want to do that. Um, but sure enough, Henny Bellow comes along to save the day. Uh, well, uh, welcome to the family, Henny. You were one, one of the founding welcome members. Welcome back to the family, Henny. One of the founding members of Whole Nine Sports, but quickly left. Shout out Justice Hill. Shout out Justice Hill. Is that the only one he has out on the website? That is the only player he's ever charted. <laughs> and you know what? I was shocked that he did that much. Dude, so I we, respect the hustle. I remember when we first started, we'd be in like PlayStation party chats and you'd you'd like send up a message and me and me and we'd like laugh about it. We're like, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> That's perfectly fair. Uh that was expected back then because when we started we would chart every play of the prospects that we were scouting. Oh. And that was miserable. So, oh man, that was so rough. Uh but we we adapted, we evolved and we're expanding. So yeah, hold on, looking up. Uh yeah. now let's actually get to Yeah, what let's we're talk here football. For. Let's talk football. Oh, we're a football podcast? Yes, yeah, shocker. Um all right, so well so we at a whole nice words so everyone has like a division that they're covering and so today a conference um, conference i keep saying that i don't know what well, i'm talking about ha- because, don't don't yeah, shit no, on him no the thing is that you have a division because that's how you guys split it up mm-hmm. but other conferences have split it up by position things like that because so, uh, uh, i i mean you I'm have a division pack 12 self Yes, you have a division, but other people just cover conferences and they split it up however they want to. Actually, a little peek behind the curtain, uh, my partner on this, Devin, um, he and I didn't split it up any fucking way. We just kind of went like haphazardly into this. So, oh, so you're fine. just not unorganized. That's fine. I mean, as, fine. Long, yeah. as long as you guys get it done, I honestly couldn't. I have no less. idea what players he's watching, and he generally has no idea what players I'm watching. But, you like, should the probably discuss that. Look in the eh, spreadsheet. Well, there's the literally some <laughs> in the spreadsheets. There's literally something for you guys to just mark down who's watching who. Yeah, that is that is very true. Uh, Lazy I'll have bums. to talk to him about that. Hey, 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 hey. We've probably gotten so many players watched compared to the other conferences, but let's not talk shit within the company. Let's talk about the Big Ten. Uh, but uh, before we move on, I just want to <laughs> point out what we're doing. And it's like from now until the start of like each football season, we're going to be going uh, one, uh, both college and professional, we're going to be going like one uh, conference or division at a time depending on which sport it is um so uh yeah so today the first one it was going to be sec like i mentioned at the end of last episode but there were scheduling conflicts so we had to finally fulfill uh mike's dream after putting it off for so much and let him come on the podcast so we can talk about big 10 football they, they really did not want me on here at first they I kept still pushing don't. me back yeah you we know st- what we, we still don't your biggest regrets um, <laughs> this is brandon's worst nightmare it's me oh, yeah. and mike it, it, oh yeah, like I have the personality of like you know cancer. But. No, no, no. My my worst nightmare would be the two of you guys and Justin. <laughs> I'd I'd call out sick. Not even not sick. even I to torture you would let Justin come on, even though he's coming on. Yeah, he's gonna come Sunday. on eventually, guys. Like you He'll didn't be think here that He can uh he can shout out his own podcast. All yeah. right, all right, all right. We, all right. We, we, let, we've rambled. Let's go. Man, is is Mike a host? 
Yeah, the Canadian <laughs> trying to tell us what to do. This is uh, our right. day, Canadian go play, boy. Go play with your damn moose. How about that? <laughs> I live in pl- Toronto. What's the plural of moose? Is it just moose? It would be moose. moose. <laughs> how, was your, also, how was your first year go, of being a Raptors fan? Go, go play with your As moose. someone who went to like the first <laughs> Raptors game, uh, I take extreme offense to that, my friend. Also, you will respect us and refer to us as the world champion Toronto Raptors. Thank you very much. So who are the top players in the Big 12 Conference? Big 10 Conference? I don't know. Good, good <laughs> We're just going to completely ignore him. Uh, Segway Sanders here. <laughs> Segway Sanders at it again. I'm clapping. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Well done, good sir. Uh, who are the best players? Um, well, you guys love this guy. Uh, I have recently moved him up my board. Can't uh, wait for it. I know who AJ it is. AJ baby. Wait. Yep. Yep, Edge One. Um, uh, I love that one. Seriously, Chase Young gets all of the, the hype. And it wasn't until this past week when I definitively sat down and watched three games of Chase Young, followed by three games of, e- of Epineza, and it was night and day. Because Epineza never takes a wrong step. He's never out of place. And he still ended up getting, I believe it was ten and a half sacks last year, as a rotational guy. Chase Young was like the guy for Ohio State once uh, Joey Bosa went down. And against Michigan, I saw him out of place or on his ass far too often, and I can't put a guy that is uh, being dominated that often as the top out of, out of player. So uh, best player in the conference is A.J. Epineza. Uh, you don't have to go all that far for uh, you know the second best. As, as I mentioned, there's, there's definitely Chase Young. Um, they are literally six and seven on my early big board. I think Chase Young has a good amount of potential that's un- untapped, whereas Epineza, I think, is maybe closer to his ceiling but will be a better player right away. Uh, so that's literally the only way I've separated those two. Um, and then, I mean, Iowa's offensive line, guys. It's it's good. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, the, the right tackle. Um, I said that Jawan Taylor out of Florida last year was the next Tyron Smith and that Played right tackle in college, but could be a franchise left tackle at the next level. Tristan Wirfs is the next Tyron Smith. This dude is a killer in the run game uh, against Iowa State, I believe it was. He drove block a dude in the third quarter, legitimately like 10, 15 yards down the field, and just deposited him on the sideline like he was nothing. Uh, Which is like, as a former offensive lineman, is like football, like, it, it, it is football heaven to just see a defensive lineman just get, like, utterly mercy killed and just discarded, like, you know, a receipt from a McDonald's. Uh, and their left tackle is pretty good, too. Um, Alaric Jackson, uh, I wasn't as focused on him when I did my initial Iowa uh, watching, but he's pretty good, too. I don't think he's getting kind of that, like, you know, I've heard other places list him as, like, the number two or number three tackle in the class. I don't quite see him as that. Uh, he's definitely still kind of in that, like, top 50-ish range, uh, and again, could be like an immediate day one starter at left tackle, or could be pretty good at right tackle. Um, and then there's also Jonathan Taylor, and we can talk more about him him later, or we can talk more about him now, because there's obviously, I mean, we're probably going to have to talk more about Wisconsin in general, but I mean, Jonathan Taylor, man, I know he's going to have like 1,300 carries by the time he declares for the draft, but I mean, you can't teach speed and he's got it to like it in just droves, and I mean 
he's he might win the Heisman this year. Can I uh, can I just say that I know someone tagged like old takes exposed because I said that I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to be drafted on days one. I think I said before round two he won't be drafted. You said before day three. Before day three, okay. So yeah, he'll be a day three pick because of his carries. Like people are gonna get like the Monty Ball scare. Also, a Wisconsin can... running back that was just a huge bust. I think he's going to get that same treatment. I could definitely see that because, I mean, we've seen these heavy workload backs fall down the draft board in the past. I'm, I mean, hell, we saw it last year. I was a big Benny Snell fan uh, when no one else was a Benny Snell fan, it, it appears. But, like, I thought that for sure he was going to be, like, kind of mid-round two, early round three, and he was, like, round four, and people were shocked that he went, quote, that high because he was three years of production and just pounded with carries. But I think that Jonathan Taylor, and also Jonathan Taylor in a way just like Benny Snell, neither of these guys has shown anything in terms of being able to catch the ball. Jonathan Taylor has just, like, never been asked to, to catch the ball. Part of that is system, because I can't remember the last time I saw Wisconsin throw the ball. Um, but, like, is his lack of experience in catching and pass protection going to work against him, or are people going to see the talent and draft there? I mean, I think this one is kind of obvious, but uh, what is the strongest position group in the Big Ten? Running back, um, for sure, because, again, Jonathan Taylor... Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Reggie Corbin out of Illinois, who's a name that maybe not a lot of people have heard of, uh, both myself and Devin uh, that are covering the Big Ten. We both absolutely love Reggie Corbin. Um, and, I mean, this may get me in trouble with a fan base, but I just wish he had an offensive line that could block for him. Uh, it's a lot of him making plays like five yards in the backfield and then his breakaway speed to turn a five-yard loss into a 50-yard touchdown. Um, Anthony McFarland out of uh, Maryland, who I didn't know until like a couple days ago, is Booger McFarland's son. I would have never seen that coming. I love Booger so much. One of my favorite LSU alumni. Alumnus. They're, they're both literally called Anthony McFarland. Or Anthony McFarland. <laughs> uh, well, no one calls <laughs> Anthony him McFarland. Anthony. We call him Booger. Well, I didn't know he was Anthony McFarland Jr., so excuse me. Um... But like, and then I mentioned in my uh, building the perfect Big Ten running back, Raheem Blackshear out of all places, Rutgers. Rutgers. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. I love Stop Rutgers. Stop screaming, so much. Dylan. <laughs> Jesus. I think I went deaf in one ear. At I'm, a least. Bi- I'm a big Rutgers guy. Are you? <laughs> I'm like so, Bill Belichick. So a peek behind the curtain when I had to do that article. Uh, you have no idea the struggle it is to look up who has the best pass-catching ability as a running back in the Big Ten. No <sighs> Big Ten team utilizes their running back all that much in the passing game. Like, I thought maybe that was where I was going to fit in McFarland, but he had, like, nine catches last year. Reggie Corbin had, like, 11. Jonathan Taylor I, had, like, four. Like, I actually thought that's where you were going to fit in... Uh jk dobbins only because i like i didn't even know the stats i just knew that ohio state doesn't care like they'll pass to their running backs but uh yeah that's where i was expecting to see him 
Well, I mean, J.K. Dobbins has uh, incredible contact balance, so his strength and, I mean, the dude has quads the size of, like, tree trunks. So I had Is to actually scientifically look... accurate? Probably. Um, <laughs> but when I, I was looking up, I'm like, all right, well, if I've already got J.K. Dobbins slotted in here, I need to find someone that can actually catch the ball out of the backfield. And I believe Raheem Blackshear had 30 more catches than any other running back I could find, and he had like 43. So it was a good place to start, and then I watched his game against Wisconsin because I'm like, all right, I've never heard of this kid. Why not sit down and, and watch Rutgers? And it was against Wisconsin, which has a pretty good defense, and he had eight catches for 162 yards and a touchdown. Against, like, a legitimate defense. It's not like he was doing this against, like, Western Illinois State Tech for the blind. No, but he was going in with TJ Edwards. I mean, same thing. Ooh. Um, yeah. Can <laughs> <laughs> we talk I mean, more Rutgers? No. Can we not? Actually, yeah, let's, let, let's. They won their first game and then ended the season on an 11-game <laughs> losing streak. Yo, um, they broke Kansas's which, losing streak against Power Five teams, which was like, like I'm four looking at the years stand- of losing. I'm looking at the standings right now, and in the Big Ten East, there was only one team that didn't lose the last game of the season, and it was Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Maryland, Indiana, and Rutgers all lost their last game of the season in that division. You know what? I hate the way the Big Ten the Big Ten split it because like I get that you want to have Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State in the same conference. But like can we not find a way that we don't have to watch like Indiana and Rutgers? Uh, no offense to any Hoosiers fans or Scarlet Knights fans if those exist. But they I do mean, exist. Shout out my boy Gary. There we go. Um like those two teams I if you wanted to watch a good player, like a good prospect, a great place to start in terms of getting a great game was against one of those two teams. Whereas you look at the Big Ten West, like Illinois, if they were in the other division, would finish better. Minnesota would do better. Nebraska would do better. Purdue even. Like, it, it's so lopsided. It's so top-heavy in the Big Ten East. And then the Big Ten West is a slaughterhouse for who gets to face Ohio State, essentially. I mean, you're you're definitely not wrong. It's pretty much like Northwestern, Iowa, and Wisconsin are just battling out for the top spot every year. Yeah. And then the winner of that gets to be fed to Ohio State. And um, you know what? It's, it, it's always been like that. And it's going to probably continue to be like that with Ryan Day. But um, we got a little off track here. Yes, <laughs> let, let's get back we on covered, topic. Holy crap. Yes, we covered the strongest positions. Uh, what do you think the weakest positions are? And Quarterback. I, think, I thought you were going to say safety. Uh, um, well, I mean, there are there are multiple positions in the, in the conference that I think are, are pretty weak. Uh, quarterback being, I think, some of, uh, like... The, it, it hurt me to actually watch some of this quarterback play. Because, like, think about it. Justin Fields is not draft eligible, so he's not really someone I'm watching. Uh, but, like, Nathan Stanley is maybe the only draftable player that I can see from this past year. I was um, actually hoping you'd bring up Nathan Stanley because I watched a lot of him because, like I've said before, I watched every single snap of Noah Fant's college career. So obviously, I saw a lot of Nathan Stanley, and uh, it was good to go back and watch and watch those two because it, they made Nathan Stanley look so good. I think Nathan Stanley is going to have that like Clayton Thorson effect, where it's like oh. leading into the draft, it's like a lot of people don't like him, 
but the NFL is actually like fairly high on him and they do like him more than media scouts do because I think he's the pro style quarterback. He's been in the system. He knows how to handle it and he's got the experience. So I think a lot of NFL teams are going to like him. Media scouts won't. I definitely agree. And you know what? He's this, this is going to sound weird. He almost in a way reminds me of like a more refined Josh Allen, but like nowhere near the potential. Because he's he's the athletic four. He's six four. He's two. I think he's listed at two forty three. He's actually pretty mobile, but like he gets he's gonna get typecasted as that like kind of boring Big Ten pro style quarterback because he doesn't you know escape you know he doesn't get a lot of rushing yards, but he does move around outside the pocket and opens up a lot of uh, of throwing lanes. Um, I don't think he's gonna be a guy that you can maybe start at the next level, but he could be like a high quality backup for a lot of years. And that's my the best my guy. hot take with him is that I think he's going to be gone by the end of day two. That's my yeah. Hot I, can, take. I think I he's like going it. before Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I think he's going before the running back that's going to have thirteen hundred carries by the time he gets drafted. Are we making another slot bet on this? I'm in. Go for it. I honestly, right. I'll slap this shit out of you so hard. Reading through the rest of the draft eligible prospects in the conference, Brian Lewerke who I believe Dylan, sorry, not Dylan, uh, Brandon, you were the one that referred to him as the least good prospect you had watched so far. Yeah, um, I mean, my thing is, because before I started watching my Big 12 prospects, I actually went through most of the seniors that aren't in the Big 12, so I can get a summer grade on them, because I am doing a draft guide, and I wanted to be able to have summer grades on prospects. Um... And Lewerke, his main thing with me is, like, I see the traits that could make him an NFL quarterback. Oh, definitely. But he just had a few flaws that really stood out to me. Like, he seems completely oblivious when he's at the line a lot of times. And that, to me, is a huge issue when you're watching a quarterback. Um, He did have a really jacked-up O-line and wide receiver core last year. But, uh, yeah, his... Pre-snap reads are very questionable. Um, he stared down receivers a few times, and it led to a couple picks, and I really, I hate when quarterbacks do that. And then, uh, I, don't th- I don't think he's too great at escaping the pocket and no, extending play. And I think that's really going to hurt him at the next level. Yeah, so I mean, that's why I take... I don't hate him, I just... He's the guy that I had... Not high expectations on, but I I expected things from him, and he just completely did not deliver at all. So it's not that I hate him, it's just I, w- I was expecting a lot more than what I got from him. I'm hoping he could turn it around with a healthy, with a healthy O-line and a healthy receiving core, but I mean... It's it was a rough 2018 for him. Oh yeah, it, it it was really rough. And Devin and I, I mean Devin likes some of their their other players on offense, and it's like that deep that offense really needs to be picked up by like a bounce back from Lewerke. And I wrote about this in in uh, in one of our articles. I mean, this is in a row, 24 of 52, so 46 percent for 259, two touchdowns and an interception and a loss. Then against Michigan, he went five of 25. That no touchdowns, no picks, sixty-six yards, uh, eleven of twenty for eighty-seven yards and a pick against Maryland. Eleven of twenty-eight, 
39 percent for 128 no touchdowns and a pick against Ohio State like those are Arthur Sitkowski numbers and they're coming from Brian Lewerke who going into last year he had some buzz as like kind of that sleeper guy and his offensive line just disintegrated into nothing which really cost him he I, I wanted to see him transfer to a school with an offensive line uh, Shea Patterson, I think he's already peaked. I think he's a good college player. He'll never translate to the next level because he doesn't have the freakish athleticism that are, that like smaller quarterbacks that we've seen before, like you know Baker or Kyler Murray has. He's small. He doesn't Russell have a strong Wilson. arm. Russell Wilson. I mean, he's he's built more like Kyler than he is like the other guys because like Baker and and Wilson are both like six feet and like two thirty. He's like six one and like a buck ninety five. Like, he's small, he's wiry, and, like, he's got a good offensive line protecting him, and he's just, he's just kind of, he's accurate, but not much else. He, he's Trace McSorley. Um, Peyton Ramsey out of Indiana, I'll be honest, I haven't actually sat down and watched Indiana's offense, so I, no comment. Josh Jackson from Maryland, the Virginia Tech transfer, he's just coming off of a really bad injury. Uh, so, like, it's going to be tough to see how he bounces back. Hunter Johnson has, like, barely played uh, the Clemson transfer at Northwestern. Uh, and saving the best for last, uh, Elijah Sindelar out of Purdue. Um, he might be the worst quarterback I've ever watched. He threw five interceptions in the first He's half. Not, he is no art. He, you know what? They are, I'm pretty sure they might be the same person. Like, he, th- <laughs> <laughs> he threw five picks in the first half against Northwestern and I watched that game live as it happened and then I went back and watched it for like my my summer scouting and it was even worse on the second and like he 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 was supposed to be the guy and he lost his job to David Blau who they did not want to put out on the field and they can say he got injured no he got benched and by the way David Blau I don't know if you guys saw this but he got rated like a 48 on Madden and, uh, <laughs> and and he he tweeted out yesterday that he will give two hundred and fifty dollars to the first person that can win the MVP with him in Madden twenty on all Madden. That is amazing. Um, so yeah, he tweeted that out yesterday. Uh, I know some people. I think it was Benjamin Albert. Yeah, it was Benjamin Albert. Tweeted. Uh, I'll do it. You keep the two fifty, or you don't give me the two fifty. You donate it to some kind of veteran charity. Yeah. Um, and I actually want to go back a little bit to talk about Shea Patterson because he's another guy that I'm pretty high on. I don't know what it is. I think I'm just really optimistic when it comes to watching prospects, and I'm like, yeah, like he could do this, he could do this, he could do that. He's not great with this, but uh, I am a fan of Shea Patterson, and I know a lot of people aren't. But uh, I don't know. I really like what he can do. Yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, when, you, when you're scouting players, you want to focus on what they can do more than what they can't do. But, like, I just, I think he's very limited as a passer. Like, he's, don't get me wrong, he's very accurate. He's in that, like, 65 to 70% range, but he doesn't have a very strong arm. He doesn't push the ball down the field a lot, which he's got three of the best wide receivers in the country outside of Alabama, and he doesn't really utilize them. And Clemson. Uh, but, like, he doesn't really utilize those guys to their potential, and it's a lot of checkdowns to, like, tight ends and running backs. Uh, but, you know, since you did say weakest positions, um, 
you know, safety is another one. Uh, Jordan Fuller from Ohio State and um, Antoine Brooks Jr. from Maryland, they're good from what I've seen. I just don't think they're that great. Antoine Winfield from Minnesota, um, or Antoine Winfield Jr., sorry. Um, he's someone I still need to catch up on a little bit, but he's he, he, he's, he can make some splash plays. Um, and then there's David Dowell from um, uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah. He's, he, I thought he would have come out last year, and it wasn't until uh, shortly. I think it was about the Senior Bowl where I realized he actually hadn't declared. Um, but, like, he's probably, like, the second or third best safety in the class. Like, safety as a whole across all the conferences is just not great. So, uh, outside Which, uh, of Grant Shout Delta. out sh- – Shout out David Dowell because uh, I know we did a Corey Sclough, our uh, our graphic designer. I'm so sorry. I know I sound. I feel like I sound weird when I say his last name because it's Sclough. K L O F F. Yeah, it's Sclough, and uh, it's it feels weird to say. Um, but he did a an edit and a wallpaper for Wallpaper Wednesday for uh. David He's Dell so good and at David those. Re- and he and David Dowell retweeted it. Oh yeah, we're gonna get to that actually. Uh. Before the mailbag, I want to talk on. I want to talk about those because we need to talk about those more on the Wednesday shows, absolutely, um, or Thursday shows. But uh, you know, the safeties have left me wanting more across the whole conference. Uh, I like Reggie Floyd. I like Richie Grant. I like Grant Delpit, obviously. Um, but just across the whole board, I feel like this year's really weak for safety, and I feel like it's going to be like last year where we had a lot of safeties that were good at few things or just one thing and but none or one that really like stood out is gonna be grand output but everybody else is gonna be like yeah they're really good at this thing so if you need like that if you need that exact trait from a safety take this guy but i don't think there's going to be guys that are able to contribute right away and be all around good players you know what i have to say about this year's safety class is like there was I can't remember what draft year this was. I remember by the player, not by the year. But, like, it's kind of like the running back the uh, position the year that uh, Derrick Henry came out, where in the first three rounds, only three running backs went. I could see something similar to that happening with the safety class this year. Cause, like, 2016. I, I, 2016, yeah, because it was, like, him, Kenyon Drake, and then I want to say it was Tyler Irvin out of San Jose State. And, like, that was it for the first three rounds. It's going to be similar to that with the safety class because, like, no one stands out. It's really hard to find good safety safety uh, play from last year that wasn't draft-eligible guys last year that are already in the NFL. Or underclassmen yeah. that aren't eligible for this year. Yeah, it was uh, it was Zeke, Henry, and uh, Kenyon Drake were the three Zeke, that... Zeke, uh, Henry, Kenyon, Drake. That, that would be that came out that were in the first three rounds. Uh, Oh, and CJ Procise, but he ended up being nothing really in the NFL. And wow. a wide receiver, calling him Nod. And, and as we discussed last uh, last episode, Kenyon Drake lost his job to Frank Gore last year to forty three year old Frank Gore last year. <laughs> um, who do you think are the favorites to win each division in the Big Ten this year? Um, realistically, well, I mean, the, the the Big Ten East is dominated really by three teams. I mean, people throw Michigan State in there, but if we're they being shouldn't. honest, they shouldn't because they just they don't have the star talent. Um, and even to an extent, Penn State really doesn't have a lot of standout talent this year either. Um, it, it's basically Ohio State and Michigan. Um, 
one thing I always do is I, I pick up that uh, that Lindy's college football guy, and they actually have Michigan as the favorite coming out of the Big Ten East. And I just I can't get on board with that. I think Ohio State is just too deep. Um, and I think them I, being able to unleash Justin Fields this year uh, in, in doing stuff other than QB power like Georgia did, I mean, Ohio State's just going to be tough to stop, just like they've been for the last decade. I think the reason is because Urban Meyer left, so they have Ryan Day now, and he's kind of unproven, even though he coached a lot when uh, Urban Meyer was suspended last year. And then that they're also just saying that uh, that Justin Fields is like, he's new, he's also unproven, and they kind of don't trust him really at this point. So they I, might be just playing it safe with that. But I, I think can see Ohio that. State does win it. If yeah. I know like you're the Big Ten guy and I'm the Big 12 guy. But in yeah, well, my I opinion, mean, from what I've seen so far, because last year I watched a lot of Big Ten, yeah. I do think Ohio State takes the edge there. Definitely. And, and, I, think and I, mean, co- I think their coaching is what sets it apart, honestly. Yeah, l- like you said, Ryan Day is unproven. But like in terms – like if, if, if our listeners are, are, aren't, like, uh, aren't aware, when – Vrabel took the job with the Titans. He wanted to bring Ryan Day as his offensive coordinator. So, like, this is a well-respected guy where it's like he knows his shit. He's going to get that team, you know, um, you know, like up and running. And they're they're not going to skip a beat just because Urban Meyer is uh, is not coaching there anymore. Uh, if you want to talk the Big Ten West, uh, I mean, this is a slaughterhouse of of a division. Northwestern. I mean, they're losing their their quarterback from last year uh, in Clayton Thorson, who I didn't think was any good. Uh, I think Hunter Johnson and the very limited action he's I had agree with better. you. Yes, uh, this is a guy that's throwing 80% uh, completion percentage for his career. Uh, in Admittedly, 25 uh, attempted passes or something like that. Uh, kind Wisconsin, of a cherry-picked stat. <laughs> yes! I don't care. The man has nearly 80% completion percentage. That's impressive no matter what. You know what your boy Arthur completed? Like 12%. Um, the other 82, 88%, I can't do math, were interceptions. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, they also have a new quarterback, if I'm... If I believe, I think Hornybrook transferred to Florida State, if I'm not... He did. He did. You're correct. Yeah. yeah you're uh, correct. So, I mean, they have a new quarterback... Purdue, uh, I mean, I'm just looking at the standards from last year. Purdue, they have Sindelar, so, I mean, they might take a step back. Uh, I think Iowa might actually be the favorite to come out of uh, the Big Ten West. It's either them or Wisconsin. Um, And I want to give the edge to Iowa just based off of pure talent because I think, again, Nathan Stanley is a capable quarterback. They have a good running game as well. They have possibly the best offensive line in the conference. They have A.J. Epineza. Uh, they have Chauncey Golston. I mean, their their front four on defense is pretty good. Their back seven is iffy, but their front four applies so much pressure that it can make up for a uh, you know kind of average back seven. Uh, I think Minnesota, Nebraska, and Illinois are kind of like a tier below. Although, look out for Nebraska. Scott Frost had them doing things at the end of last year. Yeah, I I would say that it's Iowa, if it were my opinion, only because. They have the talent at quarterback. Nathan Stanley is one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten, whether or not you think he's good. Yeah. He is one of the best in the conference because it's a fairly weak conference this year with, when it comes to quarterback play. They have uh, 
Makai Sargent and Torin Smith and Torin Young, sorry, at uh at running back with one of the best offensive lines. And then receivers looking kind of weak this year for them, but they have Amir Smith Marset, who uh I know from his freshman year. I've been watching him play because I've been watching Noah Fant play. Uh Smith Marset, he's got such great speed. He's just so fast. And then and, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but uh, I think it's Nate Whiting. I was just about to mention him. tight end from Iowa who's replacing Fanton Hawkinson. That's going to be a uh, fun job. This dude's going to get like 200 targets. Yeah, he's got to fill that role. But uh, I think their offense is good enough and their defense is really good so that they'll be able to at least win i think the division uh i think northwestern losing clayton thorson actually hurts them a lot because i feel like he brought a lot to the he was table the only talent mentality on wise uh they have uh i think his last name bowser they're running back and uh he was pretty nice from what i saw of him last year just watching northwestern games mm-hmm. but uh i think they lose a lot when they lost clayton thorson i think they lost his leadership and just his mind, I felt like he helped a lot pre-snap and everything. And uh, and I hate that I just said end everything. And um, <laughs> and I think defenses are really going to hone in on Wisconsin and Jonathan Taylor, and not be able to stop him. No, but be able like, to you stop can't him stop enough him. where you he's not going to be able to down. win games. Yeah, I think they're going to be able to stop him enough where they can win enough games that Iowa takes over the uh, Big Ten West. Yeah. But, uh, I think you right, just so covered it, it all in terms of in terms of like the divisions. I think that it the big the Big Ten is like the least climat like the the most anticlimactic conference there is because like if you look at Dylan, you're the one covering the Pac-12, correct? Yes. Okay. So like you look at the Pac-12 and you you kind of know whoa, whoa. one of the two. Yes, that's one what of I was the about two. To say one of the let's two. Not, let's not rip uh, Jonathan Odeker of his title there. No. Yeah. So I was about to say. I'm covering the Pac-12 South. Jodiger's covering the Pac-12 North, but we're both like, you know, we, there's some crossover. Like, my, my point was, like, you know, when you look at the Pac-12, you know that Washington's going to be good, and you know that Oregon's going to be good, and those two are going to battle out for the North, essentially. Yeah, I agree. Generally, generally speaking, with the Pac-12 North, you can pick from, like, Washington, Stanford, and Oregon. Two of those three teams are going to be pretty good. And then the South is like the definition of a crapshoot. I love Pac-12 South football. I love it's it amazing. So much. It's amazing because they've had a different representative, I believe, in the in the in the conference championship game. Every year, there's been a Pac-12 South. Whereas the Big Ten, it's like, well, one division rules the roost in terms of having the four best teams in the conference, and then that other division just gets fed to the team that's probably going to be in the college football playoffs. Ohio State. <laughs> you think you're, you're, you're saying I? I think uh, I think Michigan is gonna gonna finish above them this year, but that's just me. Here's the thing: in order for Michigan to finish above them, they need to be able to beat them, and Harbaugh hasn't. I mean, do they, what if they win every game and they lose to Ohio State, and then Ohio State loses one or two games? I mean, Michigan could take it, but uh, okay. Yes. So let, let's Anyways. say it's Ohio State. Who's your Big Ten West winner? Like I know I'm I a, said Iowa. You're kind of like you gave a couple names. Who's your Big Test Big Ten winner? 
Iowa. I think that in terms of uh, in terms of like talent, Wisconsin is more or less Jonathan Taylor and a center in Tyler Biotish. And when it comes to Iowa, like they're stacked on the offensive line. As you mentioned, Makai Sargent. I had to see whether this guy was draft eligible because he popped when I was watching him on film. They've got Nathan Stanley. They've got Chauncey Golston. Like their defense is is pretty loaded in terms of the front four. And like I said, like their back seven's not great. It's kind of like average to above average, but that's going to get it done in that in that division. So I would have to say our conference championship this year is going to be uh, Ohio State versus Iowa. Yeah, I actually think Iowa is actually really they're built to win that specific division too because there's a lot of run heavy teams. Definitely. Uh, I think I think Nebraska is going to beat them this year. I want to point that out. I uh, I think Adrian Martinez is going to get Heisman hype. But uh, okay, so Ohio State and Iowa, who do you think wins that Big Ten championship? Uh, talent rules in college football more often than it doesn't. Ohio State has like an insane amount of talent. I mean, they lost uh, in the past couple of years. They've lost their number one corner how many times in a row? It's it's insane the amount of um, the amount of like secondary you know talent they lose each year to the draft and they just keep bringing back more. Jeffrey Okuda is good you know uh, you know at corner. They have uh, Damon Arnett for what I feel is like his seventh year of college football. Um, Jordan Fuller. They moved Sean Wade to safety this year. He is if you guys w- watch like any big hits compilation for. Uh, like college football last year, Sean Wade just lays people out, and he's going to be kind of that nickel corner slash like you know f- strong safety, and he he could be like that that safety that kind of crawls up the board, uh, and then like their linebacking core is like seven <laughs> deep, uh, their defensive line is like nine or ten deep, their offensive line is actually not as good as I would have thought. Um, but like J.K. Dobbins, K.J. Hill, Justin Fields, like there's there's names I'm missing, and like they're just they're loaded. I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State has a chance at running the table. All right, so we we've gone over um, the, the the favorites from each of the division, some some of the strong position groups, weak position groups, top players in the conference. But we want to hear about the people who aren't getting a lot of talk and uh, some some potential sleepers in the in the Big Ten West. In the Big Ten, and, uh, I'm letting you know. Conference. I'm letting you know right now. If you want to, this is your time to talk about Corbin and Raheem. Because like, right yes. now is when you should do it if you want to at all. Um, I have, y- yeah, you know what? I have. It. There are a lot of guys, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep this kind of brief. Give, give us your top three sleepers in the Big top Ten. Top three sleepers. Reggie Corbin. We knew that. Yeah, I mean, can, can can I skip on on Corbin and Blackshear because I've talked about them a lot? You yeah, just whatever just you say want. the name, just say the name school, Cor- and then for Reggie the third Corbin, guys, the, the running name back school from and reason Illinois. why. Yeah, Reggie Corbin, running back Illinois. If this guy was at LSU, he'd be getting first round buzz. Be, but he's gonna get lost in the shuffle with just how ridiculous this uh, this wide receiver I'm, class on a national scale is. I'm gonna step out and say I do not accept him as a sleeper because okay. I've seen. I've seen people talk about him that don't cover... The, like, I think Ross, actually. Uh, Ross Jackson, ASC, if you guys uh, remember him as one of our guests last week. Uh, I believe he actually tweeted about him. So, And he doesn't cover the draft, so I do not accept that as an answer. Fair enough. 
Um, then if we're not accepting him, um, my other two guys, uh, other than Blackshear are going to be, uh, gophers as well. Uh, Mohamed Ibrahim. Um, if you want to know just how much of a sleeper this guy is, uh, the first game I watched for Minnesota was against, uh, Ohio state. And it was just cause I wanted to watch Carter Coughlin. And I saw this dude keep breaking off big runs and I tweeted out, you know, well, you know, hello there, Shannon Brooks. And then it was brought to my attention that that was not, in fact, Shannon Brooks that was just shredding Ohio State's defense last year. It was Mohamed Ibrahim, the third string running back. But in terms of draft stock, he might ha- end up ha- being the best out of the three. Uh, Shannon Brooks was that injured. Rodney Smith was that injured, which meant that Ibrahim got a lot of the work. And I mean, he, he can catch a little bit. Um, he has some of the best field vision for a running back in the conference, which says a lot. Um, like, there's a, there's a play where I, I tweeted this out. He's running up the field. It's like third and seven, which is like not the down to be running it. But he has like basically maybe a yard to, uh, um, of space and just cuts inside into the massive player's and turns what would have been like a two or three yard gain and Minnesota would have had to punt and turns it into a 25 yard gain and gets them closer to the red zone. Like he has insane cutback and, uh, and field vision. And then my other one, and again, you may not consider him a a sleeper, but we, we will find out in a minute is Carter Coughlin, the edge rusher for the Gophers. I accept that one. So you can, you accept that one. Okay. Well, Carter Coughlin was actually one of the the leading guys in terms of sacks in the entire Big Ten last year. Not just guys that are coming back, but like you know guys from last year. Um, he just again, I don't know what it was about the Ohio State game, but that was like every Minnesota player's coming out party. Ibrahim just tore them up. Uh, Tyler Johnson made their defensive backs look foolish, and Carter Coughlin. I know Isaiah Prince went undrafted, but like. I swear part of the reason Isaiah Prince won undrafted is because they throw in the Minnesota game and Carter Coughlin handed him his ass in a bag. Like, he just, he whipped that ass for four quarters and just made him look foolish and got in some big, clean hits on on Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, and uh, just to touch on Ibrahim real quick, on Ibrahim real quick, because uh, when you sent in your article for the Building the Perfect Big Ten running back, Mm-hmm. You mentioned that play, and I went back and watched it, and that was insane how skinny it, it, he got on that run. He got so damn <laughs> skinny on that run so fast. That was amazing to see. And uh, like, so, uh, yeah, third ahead. and seven, third quarter. If you haven't seen it yet, Minnesota versus Ohio State, it's absolutely ridiculous how Ibrahim gets so skinny and then bursts upfield. And. Uh, and- they opened my eyes to him, yeah. Uh, I was talking to our guy Thor uh, about him, because obviously all things Gopher need to go through Thor. Uh, and he said, like, Ibrahim just missed out on his top running backs list when he put his out, because he Oop. because he's going to be third, um, like, third string on their depth chart. So, like, he may not be a guy for 2019. He is draft eligible as a redshirt sophomore, but like or sorry for the 2020 draft but like the the 2021 draft if you will when this guy's a red shirt junior and will have no competition from you know from incoming seniors th- this kid's going to be special all right speaking of special people um <laughs> 
Segway Sanders at it again. Yes. Um. I. I <laughs> Okay. Um, Moving on. Yeah, no. What what Dylan was trying to get to when he said (laughs) special people, we were going to move on to the Big Ten Heisman favorites. And uh, I was going to throw some names at you before you bring up if you have any others. Go for it. Because I I wrote an article that came out about two or three weeks ago, I believe. uh, That was right after we. Right after we recorded the Mellow episode of the Heisman candidates that people should uh, take note of. And are you a gambling man, Mike? I, I am you, like, He's about to be it? with our new podcast hosted by Vinny Bellow. Absolutely. Um, okay, so do you get like the plus 500 odds that you get what that is? I only recently figured out what that meant. Okay, so plus yeah. 600 for the people that don't know is that if you bet $100, you get $600 if it's plus 600. So, I'm going to throw some odds at you, and if you would accept them, then let us know. Basically, would you approve of the Heisman bid? Go for um, it. Quarterback Adrian Martinez from Nebraska. I know he's not draft eligible, so you might not have watched a ton of him. But, uh, yeah, if you, if you have, then feel free to give us your opinion. If not, I'll explain a little bit about him, and then you um, can tell us what you think. I haven't watched, like, full games or, like, cut-ups of him. Like, you know, when you go on and search, like, Player X versus whatever school. I I have seen, like, kind of condensed games or, like, when I'm focusing on defensive players against Nebraska. Um, He's he's special, man. I mean, he kind of, in a way, reminds me a little bit of, like, Mariota. So, like, I mean, we're talking about some guys that, like, are in Heisman, you know, contendership. I think that he's going to be up there. I just think it all depends on whether or not Nebraska can actually pull a good season. If they're like five, six wins, then not a chance. But if they're like eight, nine, ten, then like we could be talking about the type of season where like Lamar Jackson wasn't anywhere close to being national championship contender, but he was just so special that they pretty much had no choice but to give him the Heisman. I think we could see yeah, something yeah. similar this year with with uh, with Nebraska if they are able to hold it together in Adrian Martinez. So if you get plus 600 odds, would you put 100 on it? Yeah, absolutely. My main thing with him, actually, like the reason that I think he might not win the Heisman is he hasn't produced a ton of passing touchdowns. He had 17 last year, which is not great. He, in a he's run pretty efficient with the ball, though. though. I know, I get that, but he also like if you're gonna look at it that way, then he also had eight interceptions, so he had half as many picks as touchdowns in a run-heavy offense. Was he not a true freshman though? Uh, I believe he was a true sophomore, but he might he might have been a true freshman. Uh, yeah, because because if he was a true sophomore, he'd be draft eligible this year. Even if he was a redshirt sophomore, I, I think he was a true freshman. So I mean, yeah, I actually and, and, am looking at the article right now, and I wrote in the beginning that he's a freshman. So yes, he was a freshman last year. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good season from a from a true freshman. Like you can't really, it, you know, with a brand new system, um, and I mean he's he's going to get another year of coaching in that system with Scott Frost, who's produced really good quarterbacks in the past, like you know Marcus Mariota, and like if you want to say like. Darren Thomas back at Oregon, like he was not a pro prospect at all, but he was really good in that system, in that kind of like high pace, like kind of Chip Kelly type system. 
Adrian Martinez is going to be like loads better than him. I don't, and he may not be Mariota, but he can be pretty damn close. I think he might actually be better. I think Mariota is so mediocre. In the um, pros, yes. In college, he was special. Oh yeah, but I also feel like that was a lot of scheme. But you know, we're not yeah. we're not talking about Oregon right now. Um, <laughs> this is this is one bet that if gambling were legal in New York State, uh, I would want do it in New Jersey. Hit. I'm not driving to Jersey to do it. Uh, I would 100% make this bet. Justin Fields plus 600 also to win the Heisman. Fan this because my reasoning is, I've have you watched QB one, Dylan? No. Okay, well, he on QB one like you see a lot of his play. He has a rifle for an arm. Oh he yeah, is so fast. And then he's put in a very pass-happy offense with a fantastic supporting cast against a lot of talent that's not too great. So I think he's going to put up stats. And he's, I don't know, he's I don't Dwayne know Haskins why he got... Dwayne Haskins could run. And if he could run fast. Oh, he's fast. Like, he, like Haskins could, like, move when necessary, kind of like, like Big Ben. Like, Justin Fields was running power, like, QB power for a reason because, like, He's basically, in, in terms of college football, he's basically like Tebow in terms of running ability. But with, I hate like, you. Don't ever, don't ever compare anybody to Tebow. I, <laughs> you, will be remo- you will be removed from whole nine sports so quick if you ever okay. compare anybody I mean, to Tebow. Tim again, Tebow, Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow, same person. If you're going to say it, it's Tim okay. Tebow, Sam Elliott. Should, should I say Nick Fitzgerald instead so I don't offend you? Yes, they're basically okay, the same so, player, but I don't love Nick Fitzgerald, so it's fine. So Nick Fitzgerald's running ability with, like, the most, like, special arm you can imagine. Because, like, the, you know, Nick Fitzgerald fucking sucked in terms of throwing the ball. But Justin Fields has that running ability with possibly a stronger arm than Dwayne Haskins had. And I don't, I don't even think it's possibly. I don't even think it's possibly. I think it's definitely. I think he has like, like Cardell Jones, like. Oh no, there's a bl- like yeah. His, you know what? Yeah, he he's if Cardell Jones was good. Yeah, he's remember a, when if Cardell, Cardell Jones, Jones had was hype? accurate. Yeah, if Cardell Jones was accurate and fast, like that's so not that's if just Cardell <laughs> Jones wasn't Cardell Jones. He was a completely different quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, no. If it was Cardell Jones' throw power, and that's it from Cardell Jones, so literally any other quarter. If wait, everything wait, wait, wait. was the opposite, I got it. I got it. I got Cardell it. Oh god, who's this in ter- Canadian guy? In, in terms of like arm talent, like we all saw Kyler Murray for his size have like this ridiculous arm. He's if Kyler Murray was like a real sized human being, because like Kyler Murray is like a Smurf, but like. <laughs> Thanks. We weren't sure what you were implying with that. <laughs> For those that don't know, Justin Fields is six foot three. At I think he, I think he's nineteen years old, or he just turned twenty. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like nineteen, a, he's 19 or 20. twenty. He's six three and two thirty. You know, he's he's got the build like already to be in the NFL. He's got the arm talent to be in the NFL. He's got the speed. I think his main issue. I'm not sure he has, like, the football IQ for it yet. But dudes in college, like, that's what you're here for. That's all you need to work on, and you'll be the number one pick in a couple years. 
and 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 he's got Ryan Day helping him. So like, I mean, we just saw what 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 Haskins did, and I mean, you could argue one way or another that he's like very close to Haskins already. I'll I'll say it. I think at this point in their careers. Uh, Justin Fields is significantly better than Dwayne Haskins. Was. Well, there you have Please it. Don't forget, Haskins, he didn't start until his junior year. Fields Red is sophomore, going, but yeah. His third year is what I was yeah. implying with it. Uh, but Fields is going into his true sophomore year as a starting quarterback for the most quarterback-friendly uh, offense in college football, not just the Big Ten. Definitely. Uh, you got more names to throw at me? Um, I I believe we have two more. Yeah, one is Jonathan Taylor at plus fifteen hundred. So you bet a hundred, you win one thousand five hundred dollars. Would you take that bet? No, I wouldn't. And I said that like he has the chance to win the Heisman, but like we've seen over the years that like the Heisman has become a quarterback award. So like I think it's and it's. It's late, but so I may not be able to, to think. I think it's the Doak Walker that's, like, best running back, correct? Correct. That would be the award that, like, Jonathan Taylor should have, like, hands down. In terms of Heisman, one, I don't think Wisconsin's going to be able to put together a good enough season where and win enough games. Sorry, Dan Kiefer. Um, that they can be he does, he doesn't listen. You're fine. Uh- <laughs> All right, then whatever. You know what? I take my apology back, Dan Kiefer. Um, he... I don't think that they're going to be able to win enough games. I think Wisconsin would have to at least crack 10, and I don't know if they're going to be able to this year. And, I mean, he's got positional value, and the fact that it's really hard for running backs to win the Heisman. And, like, the last running back to win it was Derrick Henry, and I don't think he should have won it. So He shouldn't have. Um, so we have two more for you, actually, because I'm, I, uh, I don't know why I was just looking for Ohio State players. But we have uh, we have two more that we we know aren't going to win it. But if there were defense for Heisman candidates, I think these are the two. Go for it's it. It's AJ Epinesa and Chase Young, of course. Oh, you have no idea how badly I want a, de- a defender to win the, the Heisman. I'm just going to say, if a defender's winning the Heisman this year, I think... It's Grand Delpit. It's Grand Delpit. It's, it's Delpit because, I mean, Delpit is essentially Derwin James with, like... Malik Hooker's ball skills, which is like he he he's an alien in terms of like, and I mean that as a compliment. But in terms of Epineza and Chase Young, I can't imagine really a, a pass rusher being able to get those stats to a point where like Heisman voters, who let's be honest, may not watch game you know game to game and watch every game and are just looking at stats, they're not going to see the impact that those two guys have. Epineza more so than than Chase Young. Um, one name I'm surprised you didn't throw at me was J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I'm seeing J.K. Dobbins at plus five thousand, and I would definitely take that. I saw I mean, it, and and I I don't like him enough where I did not want to include him in my arc. I saw the odds also, but I really don't think it's likely at all that he wins it. I think a an Ohio State running back won't win it. No. Zeke didn't win it. So I don't think anybody that they have now will win it in the same offense. I, I thought the reason you didn't you didn't mention J.K. Dobbins is because, like, 
Ohio State He's Twitter thinks I don't like no. him. Um, <laughs> well, I no, mean, he I is. Just, but... I honestly, I my logic behind it was Zeke didn't win it, and Zeke yeah. was thought of as a generational talent. I don't <laughs> think that J.K. Dobbins will be able to either. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, I, I also just I, I don't think he's good enough. Like I, I really don't think he's good enough. I don't think he's an elite back, and I've mentioned that over and over and over again on Twitter, uh, to the point where Ohio State thinks I hate their team. I don't. I just I don't think that your star running back is that good. Just saying. Um, yeah, and, but, it's, yeah. and it's not saying he's bad, because all right, you compared him to Benny Snell. Correct. Yes. What grade did you have on Benny Snell at the end? Uh, at the end? Let me I, pull like, up at the draft. What did you have on Benny? I'm pulling up my my uh, my 2019 spreadsheet right now, so I can actually get back to you, Benny Snell. Okay. Because I know I had Benny Snell as like a I think a fifth or sixth rounder. So oh, I would just see, like I, to I... know what you had him as because if you say like when you've tweeted out J.K. Dobbins is like Benny Snell. Um, I think fifth or sixth rounder, but you admitted that you were high on Benny Snell. So I would like to know what you thought. This past year, I watched 270 players. Uh, Benny Snell was 76th or a third round pick, mid third round. Okay, so so basically, that's what you have as uh, as J.K. Dobbins. Pretty much. And I mean, let's be honest, like Benny Snell went early, like fourth, early fourth round. He's good. Like, I think J.K. Dobbins is is in kind of that same like range. But when you think about it, like Snell was my sixth ranked running back uh, and he was like 76. Whereas you look at this year, it's just so loaded. J.K. Dobbins is my eighth. And like there are guys I haven't even gotten to because they're just not in my conference. Like A.J. Dillon, Kylan Hill, Michael Pirine, Zach Moss. Like he could he could slide because like I haven't watched some guys that are getting some serious hype as well. Yeah, this is a this is such a talented running it's back insane. class and wide receiver class. It's it's just ridiculous. In terms um, of in terms of like my top like running backs, I believe I have seven in my top fifty. Yeah, it, it's it's wild how talented the skill positions are this year. Where were these guys last year? Still in college ineligible, gosh. Oh, <laughs> I, I know. But like, <laughs> Jesus, my ears. I hate you so much. Uh, all right. Keyshawn so, Vaughn and, like, Roundtree were eligible and Corbin. and like, Anyways, moving on. Well, Vaughn got hurt, but uh, all right, yeah. So we're done with Big Ten talk. But right now, I want to touch on something that definitely deserves attention that it has not been getting lately. And uh, that's Corey Slough. Oh, my God. Corey, Corey. just his... call him dude, Corey. Dude, change your last name, Corey. Um, <laughs> You're which, mean. By the way, if you if you guys don't know, Corey has his podcast, and it's a uh, it's on Twitter at Yelling Pod. It's cathartic yelling, and it's basically just him, him and Thomas DiNapoli, who also writes for the website. Uh, they basically just bitch about things, and I love it. I binge listened to the. Entire oh, I need to check this out. Season. This sounds like it's right uh, up my alley. Don't let you know, don't give them a shout out until they have us on for a crossover episode. Wallpaper Wednesday. Corey Scloff, our uh, graphic designer, he has been putting in work, and the content he's been pushing out 
is I love it. Like every week, Corey's like, oh, like hopefully it lives up to your ex- expectations. And it exceeds them so much. For Fourth this week of July, was so good, man. Yeah, Fourth of July, I was literally expecting just an American flag background. But he put fireworks and smoke, and the flag looks like it's like in the middle of waving, and there's stars everywhere. And the players he chose uh, for strategic reasons. Oh, yeah, I was talking to him about that, and he was like, yeah, no, I was thinking, like, 7, 4, 17, 76. And so it was very planned out. Uh, I know he's pissed about the Brad Favre picture, that he couldn't find, like, a good, like, high-quality one. But uh, you guys, I know you guys have all seen him. Uh, which one was your favorite this week? This week? Um, I got to I gotta pull them up. Well, I'm using Vic as my background, so... Mine is also Vic, actually. I, I love the Vic one. Uh, I, don't know, I, think, I don't know if it's that I like Vic as a player that made me do it, but I really like the Vic one. And uh, second for me would probably be Warren Sepp mm-hmm. and then Charlie Ward and then Brett Favre. And Brett Favre's only because I feel like they don't have a good enough picture for him. Like, available. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he had his hands tied with the... I mean, because Favre played in college in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, yeah, when when I was speaking to uh, Corey, he was like, "Why don't they have a good picture of Brett Favre in college?" And I said, "Because Brett Favre was in college in like 1938, like he wasn't <laughs> around when they had like high quality cameras or anything." I mean, I think I I I personally like the, the Charlie Ward one because I I I I love those those older Florida State uniforms. I'm not a big fan. Fuck of, you. Of the, I. I don't like the program. I who like is that? the Just, uniforms. Who is that? Boston it College? It doesn't matter. If you say anything positive about Florida State, I will say fuck you. Um, They're that's just how it rolls here. Stealing crab legs. They are good at stealing crab legs. Uh, but, I mean, that those that Vic one is just so clean. It's so clean. Uh, I mean, and, and Vic was just so good for that, for that time in, like, the... Uh, yeah, you know, like kind of early to mid two thousands, and then when he came back and reinvented himself and actually really worked on his passing game, like I mean, uh, Mike Vick genuinely seems like he's become a decent dude after being a piece of shit. Um, I mean, they're all just so good though. Corey, Corey knocked them out of the park. Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna head to our mailbag now, and we're gonna speed around it because we got a lot Absolutely. of questions, but we've had a very long episode. So <laughs> I apologize. We I'm all looking, ramble. Looking at these no, questions, I'm kind of thinking we really went over most of them. <laughs> yeah. No. So we're gonna speed round. Speed round. Blah, 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 blah. Speed round the ones we haven't. Um, <laughs> Would see. you like to try that we're one more time? Speed We are going to speed round the ones that can be put through a speed round um Go for it. so w- one word answers if you can Go for uh it. who who is the best secondary in the big 10 ohio state okay um that's fair will jk dobbins become a feature back in the nfl no who's the most overrated defensive player in the big 10 overrated yes um jeez Chase Probably Patty Fisher. Oh, th- fuck you. Go- uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Only saying that because say- he's white. I'm All the right. whitest you, out of all Can you edit us, that but- part out? Can you edit that part <laughs> yes. out, Dylan? Because I'm not trying to have any race-related comments here. So <laughs> the reason I say that, and I know that 
I mean, I, I know you guys were like trying to lob. Uh, actually, you know what? No, it, it's actually not Patty Fisher. It, it's it's Yitor Grossmatos. What? That's fair. I've, yeah, no, that's fair. I, I wasn't uh, super impressed with him. He's um, he's up like he's he's good, but like I've seen top ten hype, and he's got no pass rush moves. That's fair. Um, so how good can Chase Young be? Give us like a level, real quick. I think that if he reaches his full potential, he's Chris Long. He's not going to be like a superstar, like, you know, like a Miles Garrett or a Joey Bosa, or if you wanted to say Nick Bosa. Um, he's not like that. He's kind of like Bradley Chubb, Chris Long. He's never going to be like a, a team's like absolute stud, all pro pass rusher, but he's going to be a very consistent guy that's going to get you like. 10 sacks a year for like a number of years that's if he puts it all together and stops being pushed on his ass by michigan all right and so we have one more question uh it's the most important question of this entire show <laughs> I, I know where it's going why the hell can't you chug a beer um, seriously dude, like it's the, not that hard it, it's really not it's you're like, worse than aaron Rodgers. yeah no dude it's like inhale chug that shit as fast as you can then fucking worry about breathing like drink your shit and then like if you die while drinking then you die while drinking you're not gonna die while drinking because it doesn't take that long to chug a beer okay like it does it It takes him more than a snapchat video apparently because you can't do it okay two reasons one don't no no i swear to god this is the fucking alcohol level level. Not gonna talk about the alcohol levels. And if you bring up that you drank out of a bottle, that's your own fault. No, because you know what? I drank out of a glass and it still sucked. So, (laughs) the the, two things. One is that I just I don't drink a lot, and I you can say that that's an excuse. Fuck it, I don't care. I, Um, I don't accept it because I I rarely drink, and when I do said the drunk guy um <laughs> i don't drink often and when i do i never chug things so i don't accept that as an excuse either and the other is i have like this ridiculously bad gag reflex like my dentist hates me for that reason because like they can't take nice. fucking x-rays of my- oh yeah nice nice um like i don't know what it is uh it i i knew that chugging a beer was not gonna work out well for me but like it's not about chugging the beer. For me, it was about raising awareness for a great cause for a great guy. All right, just don't turn this around uh, on us. Yeah, stop pandering. That actually reminds me real quick, though. Uh, my cause, my cleats. What's your cause? Uh, Bell, let's talk. Um, I think that w- someone in our in everyone's life is dealing with something in terms of mental health, whether it's depression, anxiety. Or something, you know, more like more severe, like you know, schizophrenia or whatever. Um, and I feel like not a lot of people understand that, like, when you're going through something like anxiety or depression, it you know, you can always say, oh well, like, what do you have to be sad about, or what do you have to be depressed about, and you know, everything's going great for you or whatever. And it just kind of doesn't matter. And like when you're going through shit like that, it can be really hard to reach out to someone. And a pretty good setup we got. All right, uh, that's Dylan. You could you could take us out. Uh, I just want to say real quick before we end it, Happy Fourth of July to all the Americans listening. Uh, all the can- 
Canada. All the Canadians listening. Or at least uh, I know happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to the Canadians. We got uh, all of our drinking out, out of the way on Monday. Um, it's your yeah. fake ass holiday uh, that no one here cares about. So yeah, because <clears> it's <throat> a different country. Like yeah, exactly, Mister Irrelevant. Um, Caleb Wilson over here. Um, so Ouch. yeah, happy Happy Fourth of July. Enjoy it. Uh, have some. Be as American as you can. Have some hot dogs. Have some hamburgers. Uh, wear the American flag as like everything you possibly can. I I guarantee I do. I'm not even every. Go. Every Saturday of Fourth of July, I have like this big ass barbecue and beer pong on my house, and I have a little nice uh, red, white, and brew tank top that I'm rocking, and I'm rolling with it. I don't give a fuck. I'm going. Uh, yeah, Dylan, lead us out. Go ahead. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to LA, where's pride in every every American heart, and it's time we stand and say. That I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. <laughs> and I won't forget the men who died who gave that right to me. And I'll gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA.